From the studios of EWTN, this is Open Line with today's host, Father Wade Menezes. In North America, call toll-free 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call 1-205-271-2985 or send an email to openline at EWTN.com. A tremendous Tuesday to each and every one of you. Thanks for tuning in to EWTN's Open Line. We talk faith, family, and fellowship on Tuesdays. Father Wade is in the house. Grab one of these open phone lines. The number is 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. If you're outside the United States and Canada, we'd still love to hear from you. That number is one. 205-271-2985, and we'll even put you straight to the front of the line at 1-205-271-2985. And you can always send us an email. That email address is openline at EWTN.com. I'm Jack Williams, Michael McCall, producing the program. Your call screener is Matt Kubensky and Jeff Burson handling our social media efforts. So if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook Live, you can type a question into the chat window and it may find its way to us by the end of the program. And our host is he is every Tuesday, Father Wade Menezes. How are you? I'm doing great, Jack. And I want to say right up front, calling all marrieds to call in to Open Line Tuesday today. Because if your marriage is going great and is solid, I want you to call in with some temporal and spiritual helps that assist you and your spouse. And better yet, put the two of you on uh, speakerphone and both of you call in. That would be a fantastic thing for a husband and wife to do. You know, Jack, two weeks ago today on January 17th, we talked about New Year's resolutions, both temporal and spiritual, right? And then a week ago, we kind of moved from that because some of the spiritual resolutions were, were sacramental in nature. And we talked about the matter and form of each of the seven sacraments last Tuesday on the 24th. So today, Tuesday, January 31st, is last day of January, I want to look at some uh, uh, helps, marriage helps specifically. Marriage helps both temporal and spiritual. You know, there, there's the old joke, I know, in fact, I've been told this by as many wives as I have been told this husband, by husbands, this joke. I'm sure many people have heard it, and this at the mission band, uh, at the mission, parish missions, when I'm on the mission band, speaking on marriage, the, one or the other will come up to me and say, the, the main thing to a successful marriage, Father Wade, is that the spouses eat out twice a week. The husband on Mondays and the wife on Thursdays, you know. So we've all heard that one. But I want some marriage helps today that you will be a witness call to to other husbands and other wives. So I want to go a little bit through this. You know, many things can affect a marriage negatively, right? Uh, different temperaments and personality traits. Uh, financial strain is a big one. Uh, even tragedies, both personal and familial, uh, can affect a marriage negatively. For example, physical illness, psychological broken and unforeseeable accidents, huh? Uh, how about uh, addictions and dependencies or, or compulsions or bitterness or indifferences and the like? But the fact is, Jack, we are wounded individuals living in a wounded world. 
But there's great hope because God's grace heals, especially through the power of the sacraments, a building on last week's um, a springboard of the matter and forms of the sacraments. So I want to look at matrimony, especially today on this January 31st. Uh, and there's something in the Catechism that is so telling, and it's quoting Vatican II, Gaudium et Spes, num- number 48. Listen to this. Christ the Lord has abundantly blessed this richly complex love of matrimony which springs from the divine source of love and is founded upon the model of Christ's union with his church. True married love is caught up into God's love. It is guided and enriched by the redeeming power of Christ and the saving action of the church. In order that the spouses may be effectively led to God and receive help and strength in the sublime responsibility of parenthood. Christian spouses, and this is my favorite sentence, Jack, in this number 48 of Gaudium et Spes, Christian spouses are therefore strengthened and, as it were, consecrated by a special sacrament for the duties and dignity of their state as married persons. Listen to that again. Christian spouses are therefore strengthened and, as it were, consecrated by a special sacrament for the duties and the dignity of their state of matrimony. By the power of this sacrament of matrimony, they fulfill their obligations to each other and to their family and are filled with the spirit of Jesus Christ. This spirit pervades their whole lives with faith, hope, and love, the theological virtues. Thus, they promote their own perfection and each other's sanctification and so contribute together to the greater glory of God. So that's the church's teaching, right? This is why I like to say the main purpose of a sacramental marriage, Jack, is to help each other get into heaven, and that a perfect marriage is an imperfect husband and an imperfect wife who absolutely refuse to give up on one another. Again, why? Because Christian spouses are therefore strengthened and, as it were, consecrated by a special sacrament for the duties and dignity of their state, and this sacrament we call matrimony. By the power of this sacrament of matrimony, they fulfill their obligations to each other and to their family and are filled with the Spirit of Christ. Marriage is meant to be exclusive, faithful, indissoluble, unitive, fruitful, and procreative. If possible, God wants married love to be so personal, so real, so divine, that nine months later, you just might have to give it a name for those couples that can conceive, huh? Now, I, I put in the search bar a few days ago, Jack, what makes marriage work? That's all I put in. What makes marriage work? And I came up <laughs> with a plethora of numbered lists, a plethora of numbered lists. Listen to this. What are the three most important things in a marriage? Communication, commitment, and intimacy. What are the four C's in a marriage? Communication, collaboration, consideration, and compatibility. What are the four pillars of a strong marriage? Safety, faithfulness, commitment, and reliability. And these are four pillars of trust, the document said, that every marriage needs. If any one of these is missing, the roof starts caving in and the relationship starts to deteriorate. Marriages thrive when both partners feel safe and secure. And these are just secular lists from some good secular websites that I I found promising in their approach to looking at marriage. So again, I'm I'm asking couples today to call in and and give just one or two, just well, maybe one of each, giving two total. Uh, One temporal help and one spiritual help that really aids you and your spouse in your marriage. And if possible, maybe the husband and wife could 
call together. I, al- I also already see there's a James and a Judy on the line, so maybe that's, that's a couple that's going to put themselves on speakerphone. A few more of these numbered lists, Jack. Um, what are the five most important things in a marriage? Open communication, listening and feeling heard by the other spouse, working through disagreements, mutual intimacy, and trust. And then here's a brief summary of the so-called seven principles for making a marriage work. Nurture fondness and admiration. Turn towards each other rather than against or away from each other. Let your partner influence you. Solve your solvable problems. Overcome gridlock in the marriage. Create shared meaning. And nurture intimacy. So there's a a brief summary of the seven principles of so-called making a marriage work. And 10 tips tips for a healthy marriage. It takes work to have a healthy marriage, but it is possible. This, This document said, just like good nutrition and regular exercise can help you have a healthy body, there are things you can do to have a healthy marriage. Here are 10 tips to strengthen your marriage. Spend time with each other. Learn to negotiate conflict. Show respect for each other at all times. Learn about yourself first, good self-knowledge. Nurture intimacy. Explore common interests with each other. Create a spiritual connection. Improve your communication skills. Forgive each other promptly whenever there's a disagreement or, or a fallout between the two of you. And look for the best in each other. I like that one. And of course, if you go to fathersofmercy.com and on the search bar put in the numbers 25 and then put Catholic marriage tips, 25 Catholic marriage tips from Father Wade, you can print those off as a PDF document on your home printer, 25 specifically Catholic marriage tips by myself. Uh, written by myself and uh, uh, offered at my marriage conferences and retreats. So I want to give that numbered list of 25 specifically Catholic marriage tips, again, found at fathersofmercy.com. You know, sacred scripture begins, Jack, with the creation of man and woman in the image and likeness of God and concludes with a vision of the wedding feast of the Lamb and the book of the Apocalypse, right? The book of Revelation. Scripture speaks throughout of marriage and its mystery, its institution and the meaning God has given it, its origin and its end, and its various realizations throughout the history of salvation between men and women, and the difficulties arising from sin and its renewal in the Lord, in the new covenant of Christ and the church. And so we want to esteem this natural institution that, as Dr. Anders said last hour, already existed even before Christ instituted it as a sacrament. But that's how much he wanted to elevate it as a natural institution, was bring it to a supernatural level as one of the seven sacraments, especially one of the sacraments of union or vocation. So I'm looking for husbands and wives to call in today to tell us just one temporal help that works for their marriage and one spiritual help that works for their marriage. Maybe it's the daily rosary. Maybe it's going out once a week. Call in and give a witness. It's EWTN's Open Line Wednesday with Father Wade Menezes. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you have a question, call 1-833-288-EWTN. That's 1-833-288-3986. Outside North America, call one 205 271 2985 or 
send us an email to openline at EWTN.com. Wings is EWTN's weekly e-newsletter. You can find out about EWTN radio and TV shows, items from EWTN's religious catalog, and a whole lot more. Sign up for Wings at EWTN.com and click on subscribe. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number, 833-288-3986. First up today is James and Judy in Pensacola, Florida, listening on Guadalupe Radio. James and Judy, you're on with Father Wade. All right. Hello, Father Wade. Hello, James and Judy. Hey, how you doing? Doing great. Thanks for your call today. You want to talk about your marriage and give us some good temporal tips and some uh, spiritual tips, I take it? Yes, sir. Yes, Father. Okay, honey, you want to start out? I'd like to, I'd like, I'd like to explain about my husband. Uh, we've been married 14 years, and I never would have ever dreamed that I would find a man like this. My other husband, he was, he was good, but this is much better. And, and I just, I love my husband dearly, and I want everybody to know that. Thank you. Well, praise also, God, Judy. And, and, and uh, James, which is something you'd like to share about Judy? Yes, I'd like to share, you know, that uh, I'm a faithful servant to her. Judy and I are both disabled She's totally blind, and I'm really blind, and, and we're senior citizens. Mm-hmm. And I serve—I serve her every day, you know, by taking care of her because she can't hardly walk, and she has to use a walker and a and a transport chair. And one of the things that I wanted to share with you about her is that she is very open to our spiritual lives together because every night we pray together hold hands and pray every night. Sometimes we pray the rosary together, and we go to church and, and, and receive the Holy Eucharist together. And, mm-hmm. and that's very important. because Amen. that Yes. So anyway, I just wanted to share that with y'all today. Well, brother, thank you so much. And Judy, thank you as well, my sister in Christ. What a great witness for the two of you. And uh, how, how prayer and, and, and the sacraments, especially the Eucharist, help feed you both. Um, and how uh, you, uh, James, are, are the servant to your bride. You know, in my Ten Commandments of a Husband and Father, which can also be found at fathersofmercy.com, along with my, my document, Ten Commandments of a Wife and Mother and Ten Commandments of Children and Teens, in the first of those three, Ten Commandments of a Husband and Father, I talk about the husband and father modeling his husbandhood and his fatherhood, for that matter, after the model of the servant king, the wise and prudent servant king, who isn't about serving himself, it's about serving his citizenry, uh, and in this case, his bride and his children. And, and you use that very word. You didn't say king, but you said servant. And remember, the, 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 the husband and father is the priest of the home, uh, the, the, the Christ figure of the home, 
And Christ our Lord is our King, Jesus our Savior King, our Eucharistic Lord and King. So there is a kingliness that we want to look at as men in leading our, our families. Uh, and, and if you're empty nesters now, or, or, or it's a second marriage with no children, uh, or a first marriage with no children for that matter, uh, I think the king-servant model is still a very, very important one for men that has uh, lost its glimmer in today's culture and society. And we definitely, definitely want to bring it back. Uh, James and Judy, thank you so, so much for a great witness call. We really appreciate it. God bless you both. Uh, next up is Sally. She's in the great state of Ohio listening on Sirius XM Channel 130. Sally, you're on with Father Wade. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was just leaving work. Sorry it's not my husband and I because I'm driving home, but I dropped my speaker. I'm safe. Um, when Dan and I, we've been married uh, 45 years, and one of the things that we think is underestimated in every marriage is that it's great that Dan and I do love each other, but more than that, we like each other. Amen. He likes me, and I, excuse me? I said amen, great, great, fantastic. right, (laughs) because, you know, there's times where um, love just isn't enough, but if you like each other, you're willing to take that extra move, and right. go with it, and, 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 you know, grab hands and move on. And it, spiritual ones, Dan and I have, um, we're both Catholic. We were lucky enough to be both Catholic. But I was a wishy-washy Catholic when we got married, um, and I ended up teaching religious education. I have been teaching now 42 years uh, religious education. I just moved into RCIA to help adults. And okay. he literally, from the time our children were babies, he would always just stop working and let me go do the church stuff. And um, I think that's just as important that we feed each other's faith. Amen. Well, thank you so much for all your years of volunteerism, Sally. We really appreciate that there within the church and for him supporting you in that. You know, going back to the, the more temporal help you said, that we not only love each other, we like each other. The first word that came to my mind when you said that, we not only love each other, but we like each other, is friendship. We're not only spouses we're best friends, we're dear, dear friends, we're dear, good friends. And I think that's very, very important. And what a beautiful way you expressed it. We not only love each other, but we like each other. And because of that likeness toward one toward the other, we support each other, both in things spiritual and temporal. Thank you, Sally, so much for a great, uh, a great witness call as well, and for listening to us today on Sirius XM Channel 130. Thanks, Sally. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. We head next to Jerry, a first-time caller in the Commonwealth of Virginia. He's also listening on Sirius XM Channel 130. Jerry, thanks for holding. You're on with Father Wade. Hello, Father Wade. How are you today? Doing great, Jerry. Thanks for your call. Uh, Anytime. Hey, I just want to let you know, uh, we were having this conversation with our daughter and her boyfriend just last weekend. Or no, a couple of weekends ago. Anyway... What I told them was, you have to be a different person tomorrow than you are today. You have to change constantly and change always, or you'll never make it. If you're stagnant, then the relationship is doomed to failure. So, mm. and had me and my wife been the same people we were 16 years ago, we wouldn't be married today. So you're saying that change is important, if and it's oh, not too yeah, it's not uh, it's not too exaggerated to say change on a daily basis, right? Oh. And, yeah. and we, would, we would translate that into a life of virtue and perfection, striving daily, be ye perfect as my Heavenly Father is perfect, each one according to his or her own state in life, not only marrieds, but singles and consecrated religious and widows and widowers. Uh, wanting to become that best version of self is a never-ending 
uh, race, but in, in a good way. Uh, we want to we want to run that race. We want to always strive for a betterment rather than a detriment. We always want to try for the good versus the evil, right? We always want to try for virtue rather than vice. Uh, we always want to try for for this thing that will help uh, move me forward than this thing that will keep me held backwards, and that's very important. And that is that is on a daily basis, and it's 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 greatly. Uh, uh, wound up in what we call the spiritual life as Catholic Christians, you know, and a big part of moving forward daily like that and changing daily and, and striving for betterment daily, again, as opposed to detriment, is a strong spiritual life. Uh, you know, I, I love the fact that St. Thomas Aquinas says it's not only about the spiritual life, though, it's also about the temporal life. One of the reasons why I'm, I'm calling for temporal helps as well as spiritual helps for couples to give a witness today. You know, I, I've said this before on Open Line Tuesday, we need a daily balance, he teaches, daily, daily balance of prayer, work, and recreation. It's because of our body-soul compositeness. We're not meant to work constantly because it will fatigue the body. We're not uh, meant to pray constantly because it will fatigue the soul. And we're not meant to recreate or leisure constantly because we run the risk of leading ourselves into many vices, right? So instead, we need a daily balance of prayer, work, and recreation. And I love it when couples can do that. I, I, I heard just a few weeks ago, in fact, I think I might have said this two weeks ago on Open Line Tuesday. Just a few weeks ago, I heard about a, a, a family with uh, adolescents and teenagers. They take, in good weather, they take their nightly family rosary walk, just about 15 or 20 minutes, right there in their neighborhood, in their neighborhood on the sidewalks. And they pass, you know, the homes in the suburban area in which they live. And they pray their family rosary while walking and getting their exercise in, and they're getting their witness in, too. They've stopped and met neighbors that they have never would have met before, you know, and just things like that. It's giving a witness at the same time. So the balance of a prayer life, a, a good work ethic, a good work life, and recreation as well, leisure. And some of these can be combined, like we see in this family that I just described. So uh, I, I'm a big advocate of what you just said, Jerry. Thank you so much for your listenership and for calling in today uh, and listening to us on Sirius XM 130. And it is important on that daily basis to always want to be moving forward to becoming that best version of yourself. I'd like to invite your daughter, Jerry. Maybe you could do it for her. Go to fathersofmercy.com and on the search bar, after clicking on the magnifying glass icon in the upper right hand of the homepage, uh, type in the words 25 with the number 25, 2525 marriage tips. It'll come up right up uh, as a document, a PDF document for you to print off on your home printer. Give to your daughter and her fiance. Father Wade's 25 specifically Catholic marriage tips. Thank you so much now. God bless you. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. Quickly, we'll head to Christina. She's a first-time caller outside of Chicago, Illinois, listening at EWTN.com. Christina, you're on with Father Wade. Thank you for taking my call. I love your topic today. Thank you, Christina. My husband. Thank you. My husband and I have been married. It'll be 32 years next week. We have seven adult children, three married. One grandchild, one on the way. Um, all of our children are practicing Catholics. Mm. I would say through the years, don't compare your husband to other husbands. That's a, a, a very easy trap to fall into. Forgive, mm. forgive, and ask for forgiveness. Try to outdo serving each other. Attend confession at least one time a month. Mm. And guard your tongue. It can slice like a knife. Guard your speech. Thank you for allowing me to, to share. 
Oh, you're welcome, Christina, and thank you for some great, great pointers, both temporal and spiritual, from watching the tongue to not comparing your spouse with other spouses, uh, other men, other women for the husband uh, or to, for the wife. Uh, great, great advice. And uh, the confession once a month, you know, if you've listened to Open Line Tuesday before, Christina, you know that's a theme that comes up. Father Wade is a huge advocate of monthly confession, especially around First Friday and First Saturday in honor of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, respectively, which is coming up this coming Friday and Saturday, I might add, uh, right after, uh, or during, I should say, First Friday is actually the Feast of St. Blaise, where you can get your throats blessed at your local Mass that day, God willing, the priest does it. And uh, the day before on Thursday is the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord in the Temple, wherein the parish blesses all of its candle supply for that forthcoming year. Uh, so go to Mass if you can for the Feast of the Presentation. It's not a Holy Day of Obligation on the calendar, but it's nice to go if you can. And the very next day, doesn't it make sense that we bless our throats on the Feast Day of St. Blaise, patron saint of those with throat ailments or illnesses? Uh, the day after, we bless the candles on the Feast Day of the Presentation. How awesome is that? So maybe try to go to Mass those two days in a row. Thank you, Christina, for some great temporal and spiritual pointers on what makes a good marriage at 32 years for you and your husband. God bless you. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number, 833-288-3986. It's Open Line Tuesday with Father Wade. This is Open Line on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Right back to the phones we go, 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number, 833-288-3986, with your marriage advice for all of our listeners. Next up is Kelly, a first-time caller in Kenosha, Wisconsin, living, uh, living, how am I doing, listening on WSFI Radio. Kelly, you're on with Father Wade. Well, good afternoon, Father. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome, Kelly. Thanks for your call today. You know it's funny, my wife and I were talking about this a little bit just the other night. So I've um, been married 32 years. We've raised uh, four daughters. And one thing we used to do when the kids were uh, young was we'd go to confession mm-hmm. um, every Saturday, early evening. And then afterwards, we'd take the kids out for pizza. So cool. we always went to confession once a week uh, together. And, yeah. you know, the point is, is that, you know, maybe... Maybe you're holding a grudge against your wife, or vice versa, or you, you know. But if you go to confession and you ask God to forgive you, how can you then turn and look at your wife and not forgive her? I mean, yeah. it just it doesn't make sense. So that was something that I thought was very because maybe you had a fight a couple days early, and you know it's just like you yeah. just you have to forgive and forget once you ask God to forgive you. And then the other thing is, when we first got married, we had different things that were important to us. One thing we decided on was we were always going to live a truly Catholic life, uh, and according to the mind of the Church. One advice I'd give to young couples is, even though you believe in everything that the Church teaches, sometimes you're not going to agree on things, how to handle certain situations. And that's normal. That's just a normal part of life. And, uh, you know, wives and husbands may have slightly different views, and that's okay, because men and women complement each other, and these things work out when you deal with your kids in slightly different perspectives. So don't get too dug in on how to take things, you know, how to handle things, because in the end, uh, if you're going according to the principles of the Church, things will work out. 
Amen to that. And, and also, even if, a, even if a, a spouse or both spouses don't understand fully the church's teaching on a particular topic, this is what makes us students of the faith by virtue of our baptism and confirmation, always striving to become better students of the faith. That's when we study the church's teaching that we're not understanding. And there's many, many good websites out there that can help you out with something as basic as a frequently asked questions section of that website. EWTN.com has a wonderful frequently asked question website where you just put in the topic, and chances are you're going to find an answer to the question you're asking. Same with Catholic Answers uh, out of San Diego at Catholic.com. And and there's others as well, other good, solid, reputable uh, Catholic websites out there. Um, But Kelly, you've given us so much uh, in, in your witness and to think about, you know, going to confession as a family, number one, showing that we're all wounded, but we all get back up together as a family unit, and we move forward, that monthly confession as a family, right? And then something fun and joyful and recreational or leisure-based uh, and nutrition-based uh, after the confession uh, time together, and that is going out for pizza, something that I'm sure your four girls looked forward to, if not mom and dad as well. That's a beautiful thing. And then something that you said as well, you know, uh, kind of echoed what our producer said during the break. He gave a great witness. You know, if there, if there has been a falling out temporarily with, with a spouse because of something that was said, or whatever, don't don't hang on to the grudge. Don't hold on to it. You're only working against yourself because the two of you are one. So you might think you're getting ahead by holding out on, on the other spouse and retaining that grudge, but really you're working only against yourself because the two of you are one. The two of you have a united vision. The two of you have a united faith front. The two of you have a united moral front. In fact, that's one of my my 25 uh, Catholic marriage tips is that one thing that children need to know in their growing up and formative years is that mom and dad are absolutely united on two fronts, the faith front and the moral front. So for example, and this is purely hypothetical, let's say the daughter is thinking about moving into her boyfriend's house or apartment because he's invited her to. She's got to know instantly from the get-go, there is no way I can even present this to mom and dad. They are so united on this front, because to live together is to imply the fornication is taking place together, and that's a mortal sin, objectively speaking. Uh, But if she thinks instead, the daughter thinks, oh, well, I can run this by mom. I could see myself running this by mom, this possibility of moving in with my boyfriend, but my dad, no way. As soon as they know they can get a wedge between mom and dad, there's a problem. Okay, so it's important that mom and dad need to be absolutely united on the faith front. I don't like to say religious front. I want to say the faith front instead of religious front, although the religion is tied to the faith front, of course. And then they need to see mom and dad united on the morals front, uh, because it's so important, especially in this day and age. And, and you and your wife, sounds like you did that in your daughter's, your four daughters' formative years. So uh, you've echoed so much here that we've already talked about, even during our break, and I want to thank you for that, Kelly, and, and God bless you and your bride. And your four daughters. Uh, next up is Diego in Peoria, Illinois, listening on Covenant Radio. Diego, you're on with Father Wade. Hello, Father. Hey, Diego. Thanks thing, for your call today. The one thing I want to mention that uh, my wife and I do is, uh, particularly that I like to do for my wife, is remi- we remind each other of the uh, covenant we took in our marriage vows. So I'll repeat mm. uh, probably my, our favorite line. <laughs> we have the same favorite line for our wedding vows. We, to each other, I will love you and honor you all the days of my life. Well, beautiful, beautiful. You know, uh, that's a great witness. You know, even as a consecrated religious in in the 
finally profess vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience with my community, the Fathers of Mercy. Every Sunday and every solemnity that might fall during the week, I'm in the habit when I pray my morning prayer, my breviary, my laws, is that I repray uh, my prayer of vows, my consecration of vows formulary or formula that I pray during my four years of formation, the fourth year being the final vows. Uh, and that's something that's great to do on a regular basis is renew your vows, your consecration vows, your wedding vows, uh, your consecration vows if you're religious, uh, your, your third order secular vows if you're a lay person, man or woman, but you're involved with the third order members, say the Franciscans or the Carmelites. Renew those vows you took uh, when you were finally professed as a third order Dominican or a third order Carmelite or Franciscan. This is important. We can and make the vows part of our prayers. So uh, our part of our prayer regimen, again, like I do mine every Sunday, but then also on every solemnity that might fall during the week, you know, Monday through Saturday. So that's a great witness, Diego. Do you two pray the, the vows together aloud? Um, no, we actually we try to catch each other at odd times, kind of make it a okay. surprise thing. It's the least, the most unexpected time, maybe when you're in a hurry or something and it's amazing how we'll just calm the other one down. <laughs> okay, beautiful, beautiful. That's a spontaneous prayer. I'm all for that, <laughs> even with the marriage vows. So thank you, uh, Diego. Anything else you want to share with us? Well, I like your idea of, of doing that, uh, doing renewing vows along with vows. We do. We set a second alarm in the morning for 5.40 a.m. Every morning we do vows together. So, oh, fantastic. Um, that, that's really been great for us, too. Now, do either of you happen to be third order members of a religious institute, or or no? You're you're simply lay faithful that like to pray lauds together. I'm a deacon. Okay, praise God, praise God, a married deacon, permanent deacon, fantastic. I have a brother who's a permanent married deacon as well, out in California, uh, and uh, you gentlemen do great work, and I really appreciate the permanent deacons helping us out on mission uh, during mission week when we're at a parish. The Fathers of Mercy, uh, the permanent deacons on staff are, are a great assistance to the visiting missionary priest. So thank you so much, Diego, for your call today from Peoria, Illinois. We really appreciate it. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number, 833-288-3986. Edith is next up. She is a first-time caller in Perdido Beach, Alabama. She's listening on Archangel Radio. Edith, you're on with Father Wade. Hello. Um, Father Wade, I think it's very important that young people, when they're getting to the age of being married or thinking about marriage, to pray for the spouse that the Lord has chosen. My husband grew up in Cincinnati. I grew up in Lower Alabama, and uh, we didn't know each other. But he had been praying for the spouse the Lord wanted him to have. I had been praying the same prayer for the Lord to lead me to the man he had chosen. And so we met each other on a blind date, hmm. and we've been happily married for 42 years. And... Um, I think it's so important for our young people to pray before they seek their spouse. And the uh, other thing is, don't be get over yourself. We tend to be real selfish people, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. as you, and young in our marriage, we're selfish, and uh, we have to die to self and lift the other up. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful uh, expressions there, Edith. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we can be very, very easily self-centered, and even oftentimes without realizing it. In other words, without malice, it's just how we are, and uh, we need to break through that and work on being other-centered 
as opposed to being self-centered. And that works not only uh, beautifully when we become more other-centered in the institute of marriage, but even in consecrated religious life. Um, that's very important, too, because in religious life, we're a family, right? We are a, we are a family together. And uh, same with, with spouses, uh, with or without children. So that's a great great witness. Now, did after you married, did you all decide to settle in southern Alabama? It looks like you did, because you're <laughs> calling from Perdido Beach. Did he follow you, or did you follow him? Oh, no, he followed me. He, uh, he fell in <laughs> love with the warm weather. And, uh, okay. and actually, he, he's a convert, and he has uh, recently been ordained a deacon, a permanent deacon. Oh, fantastic. Well, great. Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Beautiful. One other thing I want to say, Edith, is uh, you kind of remind me when you say that young people need to pray before they get married. Uh, God, what is it you want me to do? Lead me how you want me to go with my life. And if it's the spouse, lead me to that future spouse. You know, one of the things I say in my Ten Commandments of Children and Teens, which again can be found at fathersofmercy.com, along with the Ten Commandments of a Husband and Father and Ten Commandments of a Wife and Mother, all, all three documents can be found there along with the fourth document, 25 Specifically Catholic Marriage Tips. In the one document titled Ten Commandments of Children and Teens, I, I tell the teens and the, and the children, when you pray, don't ask God what you should uh, become when you get older. Ask God what He wants you to become when you get older. Uh, single or married or a consecrated religious, and, and if married, start praying for that spouse now. You know, especially once you enter into your your mid to late teens, start and you really sincerely feel called to marriage, to husbandhood, to fatherhood, to wifehood, to motherhood. Uh, start praying for that spouse. And and Edith, I don't know since you're you're the one who called in to tell us about the importance of praying when you're still single for that future spouse. Have you ever heard this this phrase amongst Catholic circles uh, regarding women? If you want a man, pray to Saint Anne. Have you ever heard that saying? <laughs> No, I had never heard that saying. Well, you <laughs> I can like tell, it, though. You can tell the young ladies you might teach in CCD or the young ladies in your family, if you want a man, pray to St. Anne, the, the mother of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who, of course, was, was uh, married to St. Joachim. So uh, I've heard that in many Catholic circles in my preaching on the road here all these years on the Fathers of Mercy Mission Band. So, Edith, thank you so much. You're named after one of my girlfriends in heaven, St. Edith Stein, also known in religion as St. Teresa Benedicta, the great Carmelite uh, Auschwitz martyr, a tremendous philosopher and, and pursuer and seeker of truth. Uh, so thank you so much, Edith, for your call. We really appreciate it. 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. Still time for your calls at 833-288-3986. And Sam in Bowling Green, Kentucky, who was holding over from call to communion last hour and was overrun by the marriage blitz, we have an opening for you. If you'll call us back, Sam in Bowling Green, Kentucky, uh, we could take your call um, right now. Be sure to tune in tomorrow, Women of Grace. It's Wednesday. That means it's Wacky Wednesday with Sue Brinkman. Uh, the topic tomorrow, the occult, what is it, how it manifests, and who's behind it. That's Wacky mm-hmm. Wednesday with Johnette Williams and Sue Brinkman tomorrow, uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time, right here on EWTN Radio. Michael P. is watching us on YouTube, and he asks, does the list regarding relationships between spouses also apply to a single to single people in their local parish? And by uh, the list regarding relationships between spouses, I'm, do you think he's think, talking about my 25 specifically Catholic marriage tips or some of these others? I'm not but, sure. Okay. Well, regardless, you know, uh, 
that these are written lists, even some of the secular ones that I gave it my opening during my opening springboard, Michael. Um, they're they're geared towards, they're written specifically for, as are my twenty five specifically Catholic marriage tips for those who are married per se. They're in that vocation and state in life as married persons. But it doesn't mean that a single person could not learn or benefit from them uh, in regards to preparing for marriage, if indeed they feel called to that state in life, uh, to that to that particular state in life, the, the married state. And again, uh, matrimony is, is one of the three, one of the two sacraments, excuse me, one of the two sacraments of vocation or, or union, which serves the populaces of the entire world along with the sacrament of holy orders. How beautiful is that? And of course, the two sacraments of healing or the anointing of the sick and confession, showing forth the reality of the body-soul composite of the human person. And of course, the three sacraments of initiation, a baptism, confirmation, and Holy Eucharist. So uh, marriage is one of the sacraments of vocation or of union that serves the populaces of the world. Uh, it serves society as an institution uh, that was already natural before Christ instituted as a sacrament. That's how much Christ esteemed it. He not only elevated it supernaturally to a sacrament, but he also modeled it after his own relationship with his bride, the church, which he founded. So that tells us something about the importance of marriage and the sanctity of marriage and family life. And the church teaches, of course, that family life is the cell or the nucleus of society. That's right out of number 2207 of the Universal Catechism of the Catholic Church, paragraph number 2207. So I would say, Michael, that that uh, although written specifically for marrieds, these secular lists, and even my own uh, my own list of 25 specifically Catholic marriage tips, they can greatly assist those who are single, those who are dating, those who are courting. I, I actually don't like the word dating. I like the word courtship because it implies a certain modesty and purity in the relationship of the male precisely as the protector, the defender, and the provider and the, the female as the nurturer, the comforter, and the nester. It, it, there's a certain purity there of the natural masculine genius and the natural feminine genius, and I think that's a great thing. So yeah, print out the, my 25 uh, uh, specifically Catholic marriage tips, and, and I'm presuming maybe you're single, that's why you're asking the question. Uh, see how they can benefit you. For example, one of the things that I mentioned, one of the 25 tips, is the importance of monthly confession. Well, any of us can benefit from a monthly confession, singles, marrieds, widows, and widowers, and consecrated religious like myself. So there will be things on that list that although geared towards specifically as a whole document, married persons, you can benefit from them as a single person. Jack, one thing here I'd love to share with those who are listening right now, it, it regards Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York. He tells this story about his first pastor back home as a newly ordained priest. Uh, whenever he would celebrate the sacrament of matrimony for a couple inside the church, he would present the couple with a crucifix at the end of the wedding nuptial mass. Huh? And he would tell the couple these words, look, I'm giving you this crucifix for two reasons. First of all, you're starting a new home together, and no Catholic home should be without a crucifix. The second reason I'm giving you a crucifix right here at your own wedding ceremony at the end of your nuptial mass is because I want you to put it in your house. And every time you look at the cross, every time you look at the crucifix, be reminded that if your married love is to be pure, faithful, and fruitful, it will have to have a share in the cross. He would continue with the couple. The struggle and the suffering of the cross will be part and parcel with your marriage. And when the cross comes, when those setbacks, those frustrations, those arguments, and those tensions come, don't you ask what is wrong with your marriage. 
Instead, you thank God that there's something right with your marriage, because your marriage is sharing in the cross of Jesus Christ. And I've always thought that was a beautiful, beautiful story told by Cardinal Dolan of New York about his first pastor back home after he, Cardinal Dolan, was ordained, a a newly ordained priest. Uh, His pastor would carry out this practice at every marriage uh, mass that he administrated and celebrated and administrated the sacrament of matrimony at. So uh, look at the crucifix, huh, and see your marriage in that crucifix, if it's to be uh, pure and faithful and fruitful. And remember, the death of our Lord brought about supernatural life. And let your marriage bring forth supernatural life. It's interesting, too, I found out that in some Eastern European uh, cultures, uh, the crucifix is given as well at the marriage ceremony. Uh, and that's, that's quite beautiful, that it's part and parcel with the marriage rite uh, in some of the Eastern cultures, like the Ukrainian culture and so forth. Um, uh, in fact, uh, in, in one of the ceremonies uh, of the... Of the, the, the I don't think it's the Ukrainian culture. I'm not sure which Eastern rite it is, but I remember reading that instead of kissing each other at the end of the exchange of vows, they both kiss the crucifix individually. Instead of kissing each other, they kiss the crucifix. Now, if that doesn't speak volumes, I don't know what does. And that's, that's during the, the wedding ritual. How, how beautiful is that? Uh, how, how awesome is that? 833-288-EWTN is our toll-free number. Still time for your calls at 833-288-3986. I wanted to mention that this fall, September 15, 16, and 17, uh, Johnette and I have been asked to facilitate a marriage retreat for the, I believe this is the fifth year. Uh, we will be married five years in uh, in the spring, and I think that, that right after that uh, we started this, and this is the fifth year they've invited us back to uh, Malvern Retreat House in suburban Philadelphia to... Um, facilitate a marriage retreat, and this year we're bringing Father Wade with us. So Father Wade Menezes will be with us uh, September 15, 16, and 17. Uh, You can go to the Malvern Retreat House website and uh, check out the details uh, for that particular retreat, but we would invite you to come and join us. And you know, Father Wade, um, this past year when we facilitated this retreat, we we generally on the Friday evening will start off by, by sort of you know, sharing a version of our story and how we came together. Mm. And when we opened things up for questions at the end of that first session that evening, um, uh, a woman asked if we could tell the story of of when we became engaged. And I thought that she had heard the story and wanted to hear it again. And afterwards, I found out that that she had never heard the story and and wanted to hear that. And in that moment, when she when I was reflecting upon that, and I'd like your comment as someone who's out on the mission band uh, talking to people, but it occurred to me that when I look at the people that that generally are out doing uh, wonderful marriage ministry work out in the vineyard. Oftentimes, their work was born out of extreme hardship mm-hmm. that they had overcome in their marriage, and it occurred to me that people were attracted to our story because it was it was kind of a fairy tale, and yeah. and I think that people are looking for that sort of thing because everything in our culture is so negative these days. Yeah, and and you and Johnette each had your own share in the cross. You both lost your spouses to death. Uh, Johnette had also lost her son, 
Uh, and uh, you both worked for the network. You both knew each other for years uh, as, as dear friends um, and uh, knew that each other's spouses had died at the time when they died, uh, offered each other the, the support that each one needed, and uh, God had a plan further down the road, and it came a little bit further down the road. And, uh, but that's a beautiful, beautiful thing, and it's a, it's a great witness, again, showing how uh, the fairy tale aspect can be inter- interwoven, if you will, uh, with the cross, with, with sorrow, and God can bring a resurrection out of that, and that's a beautiful thing. You know, Jack, as you were speaking there, I found it very easily. It's, it's the Croatian people that that tradition lies, where the priest says, instead of you may now kiss the bride, you may now both kiss the crucifix. How beautiful is that? So that's from our Croatian brothers and sisters, and I thought that was worth sharing, uh, tying it into uh, a, a different aspect of the crucifix, as Cardinal Dolan's first pastor did with the couple. Uh, Carol is in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, listening on Real Presence Radio today. Carol, just a couple minutes left with Father Wade. What is your question or comment today? Well, it's just that I wanted to share with you that this morning I just had this very, very strong urge that I could not leave for work without thanking my husband for loving me this morning, despite despite all my uh, quirks, all my isms, and all my knee-jerk reactions, which, um, you know, with every married couple, we all struggle. But uh, I'm just so very, very thankful that after 40 years of marriage, he's still... still there and uh, hanging in there and not giving up on me. Well, amen. And, and Carol, don't forget that you you calling in and saying that, that, that I want to thank my husband for putting up with my faux pas and idiosyncrasies and whatever other words you use there. Don't forget, though, that also shows great self-knowledge on your part. You know yourself. You know the areas you need to improve upon in, in the temporal life and the spiritual life. And that's a beautiful thing. The very fact that you can call and say that, that you acknowledge your husband's goodness in quote-unquote putting up with you, you said putting up with me is how you put it, uh, is, is a tremendous thing, and, and it shows great self-knowledge in your part, and we're all in that boat together. There's all, all of us have an area, or areas in the plural, that we can improve upon. And, uh, and, and remember, too, St. Thomas Aquinas, whose feast day we celebrated just a few days ago, uh, he says that in order to grow in holiness, one of the first things that needs to be in place in order to advance in sanctity, advance in holiness, is good self-knowledge. And then he defines what he means by that. Good self-knowledge, Carol, is knowing and admitting your virtues to advance them. But good self-knowledge is also the opposite extreme of that. It's knowing and admitting your vices to want to begin to root them out of your life. And thirdly, good self-knowledge is everything else in between the virtue and the vice that you want to work on to improve upon. So, so that's, that's good self-knowledge, and, and you calling in to give that witness about the goodness of your husband and putting up with you shows that good side of you. So thank you for a great witness call, Carol. God bless you. Father, would you leave us with a blessing? I certainly will, Jack. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon all of our Open Line Tuesday listeners and remain with you this day and always. And St. Joseph, Terror of Demons. Pray for us on behalf of our host, Father Wade Menezes. Our producer, Michael McCall, call screener, Matt Gubensky, and our social media maven, Mr. Jeff Burson. I'm Jack Williams. Thanks so much for tuning in. Back at it tomorrow with Father Mitch on Open Line Wednesday. Until we get together then, God bless.